There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. Do you need a good book to read? Are you not sure what to choose? My answer, ask a reader. Readers recommend. So to join us on the show and tell us all about their summer reading this week, the good, the bad and the ugly, because not all book covers are beautiful, let's face it, um, is Sarah Hamdan, former New York Times journalist and part-time editor at Google. She also blogs at Holidays in Heels and is all about that summer reading life. So let's start with a summer blockbuster that I know that you want to recommend. I kind of saw it everywhere and I picked it up. So I have read it, but just introduce it to our listeners for us. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. I love seeing you. Uh, this summer, there were actually a lot on my list. So many interesting books on display. Um, this was the one that I kept seeing over and over. It's not one I would normally pick up. I'm not a fan of the thriller genre. It's called The Silent Patient. Um, it's a debut novel, and it's an um, interesting summary. Would you like me to tell you what it's about? Absolutely. Okay, so it's from the point of view of a psychotherapist who is really keen to treat a woman that he reads about in the paper um, who has murdered her husband and then refuses to speak a single word. And he's the only one who feels that he can get through to her. She says nothing. She says absolutely nothing after it happened. The only clue is that she's painted a painting. She's an artist. And that there is a word in the painting that relates to Greek mythology, a Greek play. And then he becomes obsessed with figuring out why did she kill him? Why isn't she speaking? And it really is a page turner. It sounds amazing. And the um, author, Alex Michelides, um, obviously, that sounds to me like a Greek name. So the Greek mythology clue that you've dropped in there must play a big part. It does. And um, one of the other um, people that he works with to treat her is also Greek. So there's this little thread through it. I grew up in Greece. So for me, it was like, I know how to pronounce this name. <laughs> I felt quite <laughs> smug about that. I'm so glad that you're here on the show. <laughs> yes. I shall defer to you in all Greek yeah. pronunciation. <laughs> yes. Alex Michelaidis. Oh, there we go. Michelaidis. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, it's good to have the right pronunciation. Yes, but it really is a stunning debut novel. And it felt kind of like when you watch a Netflix series and you're binge watching and you just think to yourself, just one more chapter, just one more chapter, because they're short, they're easy to read. The language is just simpler, uh, but always ends on a cliffhanger. There are books that you read and then there are books that you just inhale. And yeah. this is one that I, I just inhaled. And I did think the same thing. There was quite a cinematic kind of binging experience reading it and then I looked up the author and he's had he's worked in screenwriting because there was a there was a quote from Uma Thurman on the back of the book and I thought Uma Thurman doesn't usually feature on the back of book reviews and I wonder what what this is all about and she I think featured in one of the films that he he wrote the screenplay for Mm, maybe she'll play the role if this turns into a movie I think that's what he's angling for to be honest so who you, you would recommend this to somebody who reads psychological thrillers all the time, also somebody who doesn't necessarily read them like Absolutely. Yourself. So we actually have a book club at Google, and this was a recommendation from somebody in the group, and we all said, okay, let's go with it for the summer. And everybody loved it. So there's a girl who only loves reading romance novels. She loved this one. Um, so it's not, it's not a thriller in the sense that it's gory or that it's heavy or brings you down. You don't get a lot of that backstory. Um, it touches on important issues that we all should talk about, you know, mental health, um, the breakdown of a marriage, these kind of things. But it's all done in such a quick, light way that 
the focus of the story is just finding out who, why did she kill him? And why isn't she speaking? I just have to know. And you don't find out until the very end. And it's a surprise twist. Mm. Well, I was going to say, as with all psychological thrillers, there is a massive twist at the end. Did you see it coming or not? Towards the end, I got the hint that it could be because it felt like all the other options were <laughs> no longer viable. Um, but no, it was, it was a pretty good twist. Do you usually guess them, though? Because I'm one of those people who never guesses anything. And me. I never, I, I'm always hoodwinked. Um, and I can read, re, I have reread Agatha Christie's, having forgotten I've reread read them earlier, and still don't get who, does, who, who did it. But they, um, they, they use a diary, don't they? Part of this, it's sort of, with all the twists and turns, um, a diary features in it. And I love that idea that um, the psychotherapist, Theo, Faber, who's obsessed with this case, um, you know, how, why is he obsessed and what is it? How does he manage to get into the institution uh, in London called The Grove? How did, you know, all of these things fascinate me um, about the construction of this plot, The Silent Patient. I think that's a great point and also that it doesn't get confusing because sometimes when you read books that have different viewpoints like that, you have to think to yourself, oh wait, who's speaking now? Who's Whose point of view are we with? But the uh, voices were so distinct that it was very clear. And the diary is actually the key to unlocking who, mm. obviously, uh, why she did it. So and it was key. Like you say, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because you can have all of these really short um, switching narratives and these short, sharp chapters. And that can be great for the pace and the plot. But somewhere in their authors sometimes forget that there are readers who need to actually follow who is speaking when and it's it was nice to read that and not not have to constantly flick back and double check which is something that has happened in I think it happened for me in quite a few books the Gone Girl even I couldn't yeah. get through Gone, Gone Girl yeah very true and I think it also helps the reader not to feel cheated at the end when you do find out why she killed him um, and, you know, this whole thing, this, this whole conspiracy that's happening around it, because you got into the head of both the characters. It's written first person through the eyes of the psychotherapist, Theo, and then you have the first person point of view from the diary entries. So you really feel like you understand both sides deeply. It's not like when there's a reveal at the end, you're like, oh, really? But if you'd given me a clue, I think I could have figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, it's really nicely told. And to your point, it's well structured. Yeah, mm. it's, it's definitely one of those books that if you if you need something as a, as a distraction and you don't have much time to read a book, this is the perfect choice. And and it's I think it's also the kind of book that would pass the Metro test. So I I judge books by how engaging they are by if I miss my stop on the Metro. And I think this would definitely pass the Metro test. <laughs> For me, as a working mom with two young kids, if a book is able to keep my attention and make me want to come back to it, despite everything that I have to do all day, that means it's a pretty good book, and I finished this in two days flat. So for, remind us for our listeners the title and the author. The Silent Patient, Alex Michalaidis. And you'd recommend it to everybody? Pretty much everybody. It's If you enjoy binge watch, binge reading, then this is the book for you. If you, you. enjoy binge reading. <laughs> yeah. um, so the thing about summer book hauls is not every single one is going to be a hit like the one that you just told us about. There will be some misses. I'm already aware that this one is perhaps a bit of a miss for you. But all I know about this is this woman tried to sleep for a year. I think that's massively summarized. But tell me about my year of rest and relaxation. That's it. <laughs> that, just, that's it. She just tries to sleep for a year. <laughs> Amazing. Delightful. Does yeah. she succeed? I mean, I mean, okay, to be clear, I love sleep. 
I could sleep for a year and I could write about it, beautiful poetry. But I think this was one of those examples where a book did not live up to the hype for me. So it was on every single storefront when I was in the UK. And uh, the the author, this is, I think, one of her debut, it's her debut novel. And she'd won a bunch of writing awards in the past. So I was prepared. What's her name again? This one, I'm not going to pronounce correctly. Otessa Moshveg. Okay. Moshveg. I think Moshveg. you've done that beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Otessa is a lovely name. Would you like to just come in every single weekend and, and just pronounce the names? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. Um, the book was a little bit slow for me and there was no action. Like you kept waiting for a story arc. You kept waiting for character development. Um, basically, it's a girl who lives in an apartment in New York and... Her parents have passed away, but she's inherited the apartment. Mm -hmm. And she medicates, self-medicates in order to have a, a prescribed drug-induced sleep for a year because she just wants to avoid life. And her best friend keeps coming in and out to tell her about her own issues that are happening. So you get a taste of what's happening outside and that Manhattan buzz. My issue is that the back cover sold it as something completely different. I thought I was going to read about these it girls in Manhattan living the life and hashtag living your best life and <laughs> all this exciting things happening with job interviews and romantic relationships but she just sleeps the entire time that's it so it is what it says on the tin and that is disappointing to me yes um if you enjoy books where nothing happens this is for you but what about the um um there's psychiatrists there aren't there involved in in getting her this medication and you know, uh, allowing her to sleep. I mean, she must wake up to eat. So she finds a psychiatrist in the Yellow Pages yes. who is willing to just see her once a month for 10 minutes. And she finds a way to lie to the psychiatrist about her problems where she says that she's suffering from insomnia and anxiety. So and she knows exactly what to say and how to say it so that the psychiatrist then prescribes her what she needs and then she just make, uses that so she can just opt out of life yes but but what happened like why i think uh it it well, relates to what happened with her parents you know and it's a deep suffering uh, i can appreciate all of that yeah i think it's just that nothing actually there was no step forward there was no gen genuinely nothing happened she Did just she stays get over asleep. It? Did she get over it? I think it? at the very end, there's a, a bit about it that mm. I don't want to spoil. No. Okay. But you don't want to read 200 pages before you get there. No. That was how I felt. Like, as a reader, you, you stay with her. You feel like you're holding hands with this person. And you feel genuinely sorry and... You know, but then nothing takes place. No. There's no action. There's no story arc. And you just want to take the book and shake it by his shoulders a little bit. That's how I felt reading it. She may need to go on one of our creative writing courses, maybe. the author, Otessa. Or maybe maybe it's just a book for someone who likes something a little bit slower, slower pace, because there are plenty of books that I've read, particularly memoir, books of that ilk that are about overcoming trauma. But no, maybe I'm making excuses for it because we also read Educated by Tara Westover, which was which was kind of an excavation of, of childhood trauma mm -hmm. and, and overcoming that. And that was fantastic. 
as is Angela's Ashes by the late Frank Frank McCourt. I mean, again, there's some, yeah, I don't think that's an excuse. Yeah, Um, those two examples, it's deeply moving. I mean, Angela's Ashes, especially if you're a mother with children, you cannot read that without crying. Oh, I've read it countless times and I cry each time. And it's so, not only is he incredibly able, he was incredibly able to write from the heart but he also had that great sense of humour. There were some very funny parts. So you cried and you laughed. But it was ultimately uplifting because, um, um, you know, human beings are flawed. And I think that's what he drew in his um, sort of memoir of his parents and the teachers and the priests and everything else. Um, they were flawed, but they all had a sort of something that 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 gave them, um, you, you couldn't, completely dislike them. Absolutely. And I would say the same for educated. So in both of these stories, there's a deep emotional connection that the reader feels that I felt was missing in my year of rest. It just wasn't there. Hmm. Nothing happened for it to bond you with the character. Okay, so that's a miss for you. But you just, when you came into the studio earlier, I noticed that you had another book that you were in the middle of and you just started telling me about it. And I know that you hadn't planned to talk about it on the show today, but it sounds too fun not to share. So please tell us about the one that you're in the middle of at the moment. I always have a book with me. (laughs) So yes, today it's The Man Who Didn't Call by Rosie Walsh. I've seen this on the Amazon bestseller list. So when I caught my eye in Kinukunia, I just went for it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we've all been there. It's about a woman who has a wonderful week with a guy and then she tries to contact him and it's as if he's disappeared off the face of this earth, except in this case, he might have. And it's very funny. Um, You'll laugh at the same time she's gone through all of these issues that make you feel bad for her and you understand why she's seeking this. Um, She's just come out of a 70-year marriage that didn't work out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So all these little hints that there's more to the story from her side and from his. So this isn't just kind of a a 20-year-old in a a fresh relationship and then she gets ghosted. This is somebody who has been with someone for 17 years. That has ended, so they're quite vulnerable. And then she spends a week with somebody and then nothing. She's ghosted. Yes, She's ghosted. And I'm still in the early stages, so I don't know much more than that. But it's already hooked me because it's very funny. And at the same time, there are some poetic lines. The writing is nice. It's a, it's a familiar, I think a lot of women will be familiar with that feeling or that lack of closure. But you said that it's also funny. Yes. So where does the humor come from? Um, it's written in first person. And it's that kind of very British dry humor, self-deprecating at times. And I always love books like that. I'm trying to write a book in that voice, actually. Um, so it, it appeals to me personally. And I think I really enjoy when there's a little bit of humor. It's what I was saying earlier about having a connection with the characters that you're reading. Um, and in this case, she's just funny. And we've all been there. I had friends who've been there, men and women who've been ghosted and you just don't know why. And really, what if the person that you had this connection with just disappeared just or died left. or I really was a spy or whatever it just sounds the premise is really funny and it's interesting and, and I bet she goes into this how far your brain wanders and concocts stories to to give an ending to something that you weren't given an ending for yep and these crazy ideas of you know what if his friends and family aren't uh, getting back to me maybe I should speak to that pub owner who saw him once or maybe I should speak to you know the gardener and you just the crazy directions that your mind can take. It's funny. 
Yeah. Um, so remind us of the books that you spoke about just now. So The Silent Patient. The Silent Patient, My Year of Rest and Relaxation, and The Man Who Didn't Call. And who's the author of that one? Because I didn't catch it the first time you mentioned Rosie Walsh. Rosie Walsh. Thank you so much for recommending all of your summaries to us. I mean, I don't know about you, Isabel, but my bookshelf, which is already overflowing, has now got a few more on it. I've got beside the bed these piles that are getting so high that they're actually a hazard. (laughs) And I keep dipping into ones. um, But I'm currently trying to work my way through the Booker shortlist um, as as a priority. Which is, it's such a funny word to describe the Booker Prize, the shortlist, because none of them are that short. And there's one that is 900 pages and one sentence long. That is true, but it's a short list of those who made it, not the books. Um, they are, they are. I all, just think it's ironic. Yes, I just have put my so far. I'm absolutely behind Elif Shafak with her latest novel. You would love it. I mean, it's um, in a nutshell. It's the ten minutes and so however many seconds of this person who's been murdered. Her name is Tequila Layla, and she's been murdered. She's the main character, and it's what goes on in her brain because your brain doesn't die when your body does, and it's it's just like fascinating, and it goes back through her life and all these characters. So, an incredible read. Uh, ten minutes and something something minute uh, seconds uh, by Elif Shafak, which is on the Booker shortlist. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.